InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Human trafficking is a very real problem right here in America, impacting poor and abused children. Is the foster child system a significant factor? One expert says yes. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Jennifer Bradley Franklin, the co-author of the book Make It Zero, The Movement to Safeguard Every Child. Let's start with the basics of this issue. Just how large is the issue of human trafficking in the U.S. today? Well, I think people are increasingly aware of it, and it is a huge issue, unfortunately, in places that perhaps people would not think, cities in the country, all around, really. So it is happening, and this book hopefully will really shine a light on that. For girls who eventually make it out of the trap of human trafficking, is there a most common path? To be honest, the numbers are a little bit hard to quantify, largely because, unfortunately, they're not always reported. So even the numbers that we cite in our book are probably smaller than the reality. But there are organizations popping up nationwide that are really helping women and girls to successfully navigate just the emotional trauma and then also sort of navigating that next step of how to have a career and kind of reintegrate. Some of the girls that we know about were either arrested on drug charges or, or something like that, and so then they'll like find them, their way to a program that will help them. But I don't know that it would be easy to say that there's a standard. You co-wrote this book with Mary Frances Bowley, who founded Wellspring Living, which is an Atlanta-based haven for women and girls who have been trafficked for sex. And based upon her experiences, your book focuses on several common threads among most of these victims. Can you just tell us what those common threads are? Absolutely. So Mary Frances has been doing really amazing work in Atlanta for about the last 15 years. And what she discovered in working with hundreds of women and girls who have been commercially exploited was that it's rare to interact with a girl who's come through that sort of trauma who didn't have some sort of a preceding risk factor. So the ones that we explore in our book, there are five, including trafficking. So poverty, hunger, abuse, isolation, and ultimately trafficking. So what she discovered was that girls and even young men who have experienced intense poverty are certainly much more likely to be exploited or taken advantage of. Same with hunger, same with abuse, certainly. And then isolation is a little bit trickier in terms of the definition of that, but certainly foster kids, kids coming up through the system, or even latchkey kids that maybe are from an affluent family but are not really supervised or don't have that community of parental supervision. Jennifer, tell us the role that hunger in the U.S. plays in this issue of human trafficking. Really why we ultimately added hunger to the book was it seemed to be such a common thread. We would speak with a a young woman who's been exploited and we would say, how did you come to trust this trafficker? And she would say something like, well, I was hungry and hadn't eaten for a day and a half. And this seemingly nice gentleman offered to buy me a meal. And then, you know, trust is established and then it becomes much more easy to be exploited. But in general, there are certainly holes in some of the programs that exist out there. So, you know, if a child is on for your reduced lunch, but then there's a spring break or, you know, there's a summer break or winter holiday or what have you, it's not always a clear cut way that they can connect with regular food. And so, We know that kids that are food insecure or actually are hungry, that presents as trauma. And so then if they are then trusting someone who is promising, oh, you know, you'll live in abundance, you'll always have what you need if you come with me, I think it's not a leap to understand that, you know, a child or a teen might end up trusting someone that is 
quite untrustworthy to get their hunger need provided for. Our guest on InfoTrack is Jennifer Bradley Franklin. She is the co-author of Make It Zero, the movement to safeguard every child. And we're discussing the issue of human trafficking in the United States and how serious it really is. Jennifer, you mentioned isolation a moment ago. Can we just expand on that a little bit? Because I think that's probably the most surprising one to me of these common threads. Certainly. I mean, the numbers of foster care kids in the United States are quite large, and we know that kids who age out of the system without ever finding their quote-unquote forever family are much more likely to be incarcerated. Young women are much more likely to be pregnant out of wedlock. They're exponentially less likely to complete a college degree. These are things that really do create sort of a generational impact and they are, have less of a familial community around them to make sure that they're protected. And so we know that that is a big risk factor. But what we've seen, you might sometimes be surprised at the people that are commercially exploited and both parents may be working or they may be a product of divorce. And so they're living with one parent who travels. Maybe the parent travels Monday through Thursday for their job and it's a teenager and they're leaving their kid at home to go to school and kind of fend for themselves. Well, that certainly creates avoid in terms of leadership and accountability for that child or teen, you know, where it's very easy for them to connect with somebody that they might trust online even. So I think that there's a lot of different ways that it contributes to the overall risk for ultimately being exploited. You've mentioned foster children a couple of times, and your book contains a really frightening statistic regarding foster children and trafficking. Can you just share that stat with us? Yes, it is really shocking, actually. So 70% of all of the sex trafficking victims in the United States were former foster children. Obviously, you don't know for sure, but any speculation as to why that is? Yeah, so we actually have a story in the isolation section. A woman named Pam Parrish and she and her husband ended up adopting their first foster child, who I think was a young teenager. And then as they started learning about it, they were just overwhelmed and shocked at the need that is out there. And so they now have seven women who they adopted in their teenage years and are now, you know, young adults. But as kids age out, we think of an 18th birthday as sort of, that's so exciting and now I'll be liberated and I can do what I want. But for a foster care child, their 18th birthday is really the end of the road for them. And so if they haven't found a family that they can count on and trust and accept them, then they become homeless. I mean, that is the next step. And so the last young lady that they adopted, Pam and her husband, her foster care family had said, you're a senior in high school. We know that you're doing well, but on your 18th birthday, you have a couple of choices. And one of them is homelessness, or you can find a shelter to go to, but you will not live here anymore. Mm. She and her husband actually met this young lady on her 18th birthday in the principal of her school's office. And they said, you have a home. We want you to come live with us. And they did ultimately end up adopting her. But I think that that story really gives some context, you know, hopefully to the listeners about the plight of foster kids. I don't know how many of us at 18 would have been equipped for all of the challenges of the world. You're not thinking about how to put a roof over your head and how to feed yourself. And that's really what foster care kids are faced with at 18. That makes them exponentially more vulnerable to someone who promises to take care of them and wins their trust and then ultimately exploits them. It's worthwhile to note that each chapter of your book has a call to action, things that individuals can do to address that specific issue, whether it's poverty, hunger, isolation, abuse, trafficking. There's not enough time for us to touch on each individual issue, but can you just tell us maybe two or three of the most important ways that people can make a difference? 
Absolutely. What my co-author Mary Frances and I always sort of felt was, well, then what? You know, so we wanted to give people tangible action steps to really dig in in their own communities and make a difference. Each of the five sections, poverty, hunger, abuse, isolation, and trafficking, are followed up with what one person can do. So that would just be an individual making a difference, what more than one could do. So that could be a community group or a book club or a neighborhood group. And then we have Teach One, which is an empathy builder for the next generation that people can do with their kids and teens. We did engage with national organizations. So if you want to plug into a hunger cause in your own community, one of the ones that we suggest is Share Our Strength, which is a national hunger fighting organization that specifically addresses childhood hunger. And so that is a beautiful way to get involved. You don't have to have a PhD to bring a foster family dinner. You don't have to be some kind of an expert to lend a helping hand at a school. So there's really something for everybody, no matter what your comfort level is or really your financial resource as well. Was there one thing that was most surprising to you as you wrote this book? I think when I first started this project with Mary Frances, I had this sense of, oh, it's nice to say that we can make it zero or you know even make a dent in some of these issues. But... I 150% believe that we can, having just seen some of the ways that real life change has happened with the people in the stories that we tell, so it's exciting. Jennifer Bradley Franklin, the co-author of Make It Zero, the movement to safeguard every child. Jennifer, is there a website where people can learn more about this issue? There is. It's called makeitzero.net. And then they can purchase the book um, at local booksellers as well as Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.